And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome, welcome back to the Tempest 2 podcast. How's it hello, going? Hello, hello. Very, very well, thanks. Very well, how are you? Very good, thanks. Some shining, rare occasion. We're buzzing, we're back, we're consistent. Monday, Monday recording today. We usually record on Friday, don't we? But um, Monday today, and a slow start for me today, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, why's that? <laughs> don't know, really. It just took me a while to get out of bed. Um... As you can probably tell, actually, I've, overnight I've caught the sun quite dramatically. <laughs> so it's probably I'd probably do this once every six months. Manny like uh, basically says, "Oh, why don't you put some of this tinted stuff in your moisturizer?" Uh, Molly May's new uh, fake tan, yeah, perfect, perfect. And whenever I do it, I don't know what I do wrong, um, but I've woken up looking like a uh, Jaffa cake. So <laughs> quite good on camera, actually. Look pretty, pretty nice. I mean, Monday. the main thing that you did wrong is putting Molly May moisturizer on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the issue. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure the uh, the actual application was the issue. It was just the decision to do it <laughs> yeah. full stop. It was it's probably the... where I went wrong. Yeah, fair enough though. Good hey, stuff. you've got to, you know, you've got to take some time to work on the complexion of these winter months. Getting out of your comfort zone doesn't just apply to adventure, physical stuff. You do it with your skincare routine and, you know, you'll feel the benefits. So Mate, my, skincare, my skincare routine this year, I'm on all of the acids. I'm on, oh, a, a multitude of products, I tell you. Right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Zero, zero impact. Thus far, I mean, the things you do for a, a good wedding sh photo is yeah. just there you yeah, go. wild, isn't it? There you go. Um, all I'm saying is there is a good little tanning salon just down the road from here that got frequented that. before my wedding. I won't do that. I, that's bad for you. No, uh, it felt yes. very good for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> and this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> Indigo Sun. <laughs> Indigo Sun. Perfect. Oh. Three for one. Indigo Sun. <laughs> Some of the leather bags coming out of there, though, was madness. Absolute <laughs> coin purse. <laughs> what a couple of coins. They should really put their bollocks away when they come out there. <laughs> that just reminded me of remember when we did that giveaway of the wave uh, on the previous <laughs> podcast, TTT50? And uh, they called us being like, why have you told everyone you've got a 50% discount with being inundated with calls? This isn't one of those times, so don't call Indigo Sun. <laughs> no, don't, unless you want a good tan. But no, that was not our finest moment for um, considering that we have a marketing background and we, we use brand partnerships with the Tempest Two to make adventures happen. <laughs> Making one up for a laugh on the podcast was maybe not the wisest decision. Oh, absolutely hilarious. So but, how about you? Have you been uh, working the rig in the, to go with that tan? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, just Still carried on. in the gym? Yeah, they're, they're dropping off. The gym's getting, moving slightly back to normal. The, uh, the car park's freeing up a little bit, you know, peak time. You might be able to get a space in the sauna these days. You know, that people are they're either injured so they're not in there because of the mad stuff they've been doing or they're over the uh the new year new them which i think is probably most likely um so it's becoming a nicer place to be again so yeah just 
really throwing some bulk on actually. Oh, okay. I'm not really. I haven't. I haven't put anything on. I'm, I'm, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you actually if if I could get the keys, get the secrets to the the TC diet and how to lose four kilos in three days. I still. I'm still stuck at sixty nine kilos. Madness. I can't get up to seventy again, which is weird. I mean, what are you up to over there? What are you eating? Nothing. Yeah, not, not a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I need to. Uh, Maybe that's I'm... just your natural weight. It's definitely not. No. No, it's usually like seventy-three to seventy-five. Yeah, this is fucking boring chat, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but if anyone wants to know how the weight diet is going, follow uh, Tom yeah, on Instagram. There might be a uh, some kind of diet DVD coming out at the end of the year that we can plug. It's <laughs> good progress, few, uh, though. It's good progress. Better. With um, speaking of progress, I realised we missed one last week that was becoming a theme, um, mm. based off going back a little while now, but avatar and the breath hold of none other than kate winslet and you yes. were throwing yourself into the deep end excuse the pun and trying to see what you could do with the breath hold and i just thought we were due an update because people yes. have been waited with bated breath these puns are ridiculous jesus <laughs> christ it's absolute dad joke podcast um well here's the update so um i essentially forgot about it <laughs> So, um, haven't been doing it as regularly, which I actually think is quite a good um, testing point because <laughs> right, okay, yeah. So I'm going to swing this round into my favour. But I did do a maximum breath hold this morning, knowing that you were going to ask about this, and impressively, it's gone it's gone down quite significantly <laughs> to uh, one fifty eight, and I it was like I almost passed out. Uh, I was going that hard. So I've gone from two, I think it was two thirty or something to to one fifty eight, which shows that without repetition and practice, your body does retract rather than progress. So <laughs> uh, I'm glad that I found that out. It's just, oh mate, it's too long now. It's like seventeen minutes per just, go. So are we going to find out what happens if you do stick with it, or are we just no. going to draw a line under the facts? We all that... know. We know now. So I did it for a week and got better. Then I stopped doing it. I've got worse. So the <laughs> hypothesis is if you do stuff regularly, you get better at it. You can't feel... draw any data from three breath holds. <laughs> I don't feel any need to carry on um, because I feel like I've already proved the hypothesis. I Fair could enough. break the record if I wanted. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that does lead on to something that you were, t- you were talking about the other day uh, and with like time spent on things like a breath hold where you know it might be self-improvement personal development and some of the routines of celebrities and just getting more and more wild what was that one that you were saying the other day oh mark Wahlberg's morning routine yeah that was right so i'm getting it seems to happen every year and it is usually around the start of the year because everyone's like how can i better myself etc i feel like you know, for about 10 years, these morning routines and morning rituals of famous or high-performing people just get recycled and refurbished and whatever. Fucking who cares? <laughs> like, I feel like morning these morning routines have become like almost like what CrossFit is for fitness, like that kind of equivalent to like self-improvement or whatever. So, you know, oh, you know, yeah, my morning routine is this. It's like, yeah, I do CrossFit. It's like no one, no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one, no one asked you. No one asked what you do in the morning. Yeah, it's the first thing I do. And I, I honestly don't care. 
And so Mark Wahlberg is probably the ultimate, like the guy's an operator. Okay. First and foremost, he's worth hundreds of million dollars, but he's also a bit of a helmet. If this Absolutely. Is Nause. So wake up time, because this just makes no sense. Okay. Like all people get up early. Amazing. You know, some people just built like that. I respect it. Great. You don't need to tell everyone, <laughs> but this, this pushes it to, it doesn't actually make any logical sense. So his wake up time is 2.30 a.m. <laughs> That's not getting up early. That's almost getting up late from the pre... It, mental just makes no sense. So, right, this is it. This is a full day in Mark the Cock Warburg's life, apparently. <laughs> this must be bullshit. 2.30 a.m. wake up. 2.45 to 3.15 uh, prayer time. Mental. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, 3.15 to 3... To 5.15, workout, two-hour workout at 3.15 a.m. Cool. Uh, 5.30 a.m., meal, shower, golf, snack, cryo chamber, snack, family time, all before 1 p.m. <laughs> then he does meeting, work calls, picks up the kids at 3, part-time school, uh, snack, workout number two, then a shower, dinner, family time, bedtime at half seven. <laughs> That's Mark. wild. Mark, what are you doing? Bedtime at half seven. It's still blazing with sun in Malibu. Mark, quick one, Mark. That is no way to live. <laughs> yeah. Mark, all you've done, you're not even getting up early because you're going to bed at 7.30. Yeah. You're just shifting your your day in a weird way that lines up with no other normality. It's no. bizarre. What he's doing is he's living in New York, but he's living on London time. Yeah. He's yeah. in Greenwich Mean Time in New York. Mark, how are you watching Avatar that starts at 8 p.m. at the <laughs> cinema when you're going to bed at 7.30? You're missing out. You're, well, I mean, just stupid, Why? right? What's your, what's your morning routine? You're a high performer. What's your morning routine? I don't, I don't think I have a morning routine. I, all the classics. I wake up, have a coffee, go for a, mm. you know, basic functions, um, yeah. try to do some exercise, I reckon four out of seven days in the morning, I'll do some sort of exercise. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not that fussed. Mm. It's uh, it's more because I'm I'm up. It's uh, yeah, that's that's mad, really, because everyone's got twenty four hours. I don't go to bed at seven thirty. That's for sure. No, I'm getting more time than them in the evening. I know, like the counter argument is nothing good happens like in the evening, and I beg to differ. Yeah. So it's a lot of people's social time is the evening, isn't it? So I'm guess there's a. I don't think he's got many mates. He can't do. Definitely not. There can't be many people running the same calendar as that. And but he then, wears gloves in the gym. Yeah, that's, which is a huge red flag for that's me. That's a that's a massive red flag. That is bizarre. <laughs> what other red flags are there like that? Um. Wearing, I mean, waking um, up at two thirty to start your day is quite a red yeah, flag as well, isn't it? That's a fairly big red flag for me. <laughs> I don't know; it's just bizarre. I mean, I the big thing I do respect on that is he plays golf every morning. <laughs> yeah, that's but great I, for half an hour. No, he's he's playing. Uh, well, his snack at eight a.m. is I'm guessing on the golf course. I'm not sure why he needs to schedule it a snack. Um, <laughs> just a snack. Eat bar. <laughs> yeah, eat bar. Um, but cryo chamber after golf. I mean, it must be some golf club. When was your last cryo chamber? Never done one. Yeah, me neither. Never done one. I feel fine as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your morning routine? We know your evening routine with your skincare. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, morning routine, wake up, probably hit snooze four or five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, There's a go, reason that button was invented. Exactly, yeah. Bodily function, drag myself out of bed, uh, literally stand around in my pants for probably 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm not really, generally, just don't know where I am. Uh, <laughs> Dog's just staring at you. Yeah, take the dog out for five minutes. <laughs> Back, uh, make a coffee, and then take my coffee up to the desk, and that's it, really, guys. So there you go. It's a yeah. good routine. It's as good a routine as as Mark, if you ask me. And I've I've read the Atlantic. So <laughs> what have you ever done, Mark? Yeah, come on. What have you done? Anyway, well, enough about that. But yeah, um, if you people start putting their morning routines on LinkedIn, call them out. <laughs> yeah, bully them. Yeah. online bully them troll them um i'm certainly going to so i'm with yeah you. so you know mark Wahlberg, great setting himself up for success uh moving into you know who have we outlined this week who is shown has portrayed who has displayed this adventure mindset that we so believe in i think you've got someone i have mind. i have so we uh, over the last week there was a surf contest called the Eddie Icow Invitational, and it's like, yeah, contest that happens sporadically whenever like waves are going to be of the right size or scale, and it's in Waimea Bay in Hawaii. I feel like we spoke about surfing in the adventure mindset a bit a little while ago in uh, with Nazare, but this is this is slightly different. Um, and actually speaking about the guy who won primarily is he is an absolute G who has displayed that mindset. So like it's an invite only and the best surfers in the world get invited there. The best big wave surfers, you know, the best Hawaiians, the best surfs in general, but it's a, it's a special kind of wave. You kind of have to be amazing and a big wave surfer able to surf massive waves to be able to get invited. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. They were live streaming it all on YouTube and, uh, it's available to like watch the replays. It's bonkers. If you get a chance to watch it, check it out. But what's amazing is it was won by just a local lifeguard on that beach. So not a pro surfer who spends every single day of his life surfing or traveling around the world looking for the biggest waves, but the local lifeguard. And when he got awarded like the victory, he was wearing his red shorts and his yellow T-shirt and they were interviewing him. And all he was talking about was that he needed to get back to the lifeguard post to make sure everyone was okay who was still on the beach. He basically did it in his lunch break and beat all of the best surfs in the world. It was absolutely insane. That is, that's pretty legit, isn't it? I feel like there's very few, I'd say surfing and climbing are probably the only sports where you might see something like that happen. Yeah. Where like it's clearly like his job is a lifeguard, but his passion is surfing, which is why he picks lifeguarding to be his job, so he <laughs> yeah. can just be around the waves all the time. So true. That's that's my because you sent me the link when it was on. Like I watched it for a few minutes, and what it seemed quite interesting about that wave is they were obviously paddling into it, but it was enormous. Like it yes. just just seems to go vertical, and then they just drop in, and it's just like oh my god, like. It seems like if you screw up like the first 10 seconds of that wave and you fall off, it is going to absolutely barrel you, isn't it? Yeah, it, completely. There were, there were some some wipeouts there um, and everyone on the beach is like, the commentator is like, you go silent for a bit to wait until they pop back up again. 
and then they can start talking again. It's like that bad. Yeah, loads of jet skis, like water rescue, like on high alert. Had to push the crowd off the beach at one point because the waves that were so big, they were coming in and wiping like spectators off their feet. Yeah, yeah. There's like a big surge, wasn't there? And it like just took a load of people out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely wild, but amazing. I think his name was like Shepherdson. Um, bad that I don't even remember his name, but um, it'll go back to being a lifeguard anyway. But one of our um, truly good friends, one of our best friends, actually, best friends. was competing. Was competing true, uh, you know, like us, true man of the water, man of the ocean, it's conquered oceans as well, uh, Mr. Mark Healy. And <laughs> other than being a great friend of ours, which is probably his greatest achievement, he Wait, is... where, where did we meet Mark? Give us the backstory. Of okay, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good point. So we met Mark at a Lululemon event. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Surrounded by yoga. <laughs> yeah. A, um, yeah, no, it was like an amazing, like, immersive three-day uh, like getaway weekend with Lululemon that they put on with some amazing athletes, operators, and us. Um, <laughs> I think that must have been the charitable arm of uh, the event. Uh, and we met him there, just got on like a house on fire, obviously. Um, and he was obviously invited to this event because he is a true pioneer of the water, big wave surfer, deep sea diver. What do you call him? Free diver. Yeah. Um, shark conservationist, all of the above. And he was surfing. He actually came third. Uh, he's got a couple of videos on his YouTube that are well worth checking out. His name is Mark Healy. Um, just say that we sent you and he will, uh, he'll sort you out. 50 for uh, 50% off <laughs> of any of his merch. Um, and, and he took a massive, massive fall. Uh, and on his YouTube channel, he's talking about he just got absolutely said held under for like a minute or so, had Gosh. to pull the inflation vest on his wetsuit, and it's yeah, it looked very very serious. So worth checking out. But yeah, he's a he's a pretty epic bloke, isn't he? His Instagram, it's it it does make you just feel pretty inferior as a human. Like one day he's <laughs> surfing, you know, mountainous waves. The next day he's hunting wild boar with bow and arrow and then he's like just doing all this stuff and he's swimming with sharks or spearfishing massive wahoo like 20 meters underwater it's just like his day-to-day just seems absolutely insane but like you look at that and you're like yeah like you've you've crushed it really haven't you you're a pretty talented person to be able to do <laughs> all those things like yeah he is what they call a waterman yeah, yeah he's yeah, even got yeah. there's a bloody Braymont watch named after him, isn't there? The Waterman watch in yeah. collaboration with him. It's like, oh, you bastard. What <laughs> would our watch watch collab be called? <laughs> oh my God. That's a great, great question. The amateurs. The average Joe. Yeah. The amateur watch. Is like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so that is a cheap shit watch. So, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's available for everyone. Everyone. Exactly. But he's um, uh, he, he's really interesting on, on, on his videos because he's talking about mindset a lot. And it's really weird how you have to go from, you know, being on being on the beach, surrounded by people who look up to him, you know, to chant his name and he's waxing his board. And then 30 seconds later, he's paddling out and you can't hear anyone on the beach. You're just surrounded by these massive waves. You can see them coming all the way down the bay or or you're held underwater, you know, with like no senses left whatsoever. Then you pop back up, you get back on the beach again, it's all bustling. And you have to be able to tune your mind into the focus of the surfing and then go from that 
two minutes later to signing autographs and he basically just survived this one minute like hold down and then you got to take photos with like kids and stuff it's just an insane insane experience some of the videos i think are most i guess kind of make me most jealous because it's something that i just not sure i could do but would love to do and this actually relates nicely with uh one of the bucket list responses on our instagram someone said that they wanted to it actually said swim with whales and sharks so get in the water with either or or both at the same time um didn't specify which sharks but you know there's there's obviously a spectrum because you can go and swim with <laughs> nursing sharks at disneyland you know pretty i did that when i was about nine so they just take the teeth out of them which is nice um or you know you've got people like mark who go and swim with tiger sharks you know four five meter long sharks that are just apex predators no cage nothing just completely at home and confident and just in your element enough to be able to swim with these predators and not shit your pants um <laughs> basically which i just find you know there's there's someone what's that woman's name on instagram ocean ramsey i mean mental, her first name is ocean um the podium name she uh she just swims with great whites and stuff all the time every day it's I just mean... remark it's just so like jarring to watch but like she does all these videos and they obviously just go viral like she probably has a viral video every month <laughs> she'll, she'll start splashing purposefully when there's two big like tiger sharks next to her and she's like this is what not to do and she's splashing the water and these sharks just like bang just like basically hone in on her and then she goes under and relaxes and they go away. She's like, that's what, you know, a shark is built to basically just head to any kind of fish in distress. She's like, this is what happens when you splash and swim around. It's like, Oh my God. Like that's a hell of a lot of trust in that shark. Like, oh, Oh, sorry. Like, I, Oh, I thought you were in distress. I, sorry. I, I can't imagine that sharks are the most rational beings and think yeah that looks like a lovely bit of food but not in distress so i'll leave it for the time being it's uh what are you telling me the other day about you know it feels like a numbers game but so there's someone in uh in cape town that you saw who used to swim in the ocean every day yes yes go on shit it's mental yes so we're we're potentially looking at uh cape town for my stag do aren't we which you're we are you're gonna be you're gonna be handling the next big adventure if any brands want to get on board, do let us know. Um, and there was this story. I haven't been to Cape Town in, in years and years and years and years. But I remember we were staying there and it was in the local news that this uh, it was like an 80 year old woman who lived in a place called Hout Bay, which is around the corner from uh, kind of Cape Town. And she used to swim across this bay every morning, you know, half an hour swim. And the lifeguards and the kind of whoever life people who patrol the waters be like right just don't swim for like the next week because it's mating season there's some pretty big sharks close to shore just don't do it and she's like no 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 i've done this every day for blah 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 she got eaten <laughs> shark ate it's not funny day. it's no, not it is funny. funny no that is that is funny that's funny because <laughs> she was told she was warned she ignored it and she got eaten i bet i bet the lifeguards were just like you know it's i hate to say we told you so but <laughs> yeah but i will but yeah. i will do listen to us in the future, please. That's just insane, um, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, bonkers. Bonkers from people the, like Mark. The other shark thing, because uh, when I was there, we did a cage dive with a shark uh, with the Great Whites, you know, which is on a 
one of those kind of like cruiser boats. They drop a cage in, you get in, you pretend you're looking, but you're actually just waiting to get out again. Um, and, you know, they circle around. Pretty impressive, just the size of them, but it's a bit weird. You just sat in this metal cage. Anyway, a y- couple of years later, uh, again, someone sent me this link, uh, and it was the same company that we did it with. Uh, same captain, everything, because he was quoted on it. The boat got flipped by a rogue wave. Uh, out of the blue, just flipped this fucking boat. The cage came off, started to sink, had three people in it, all died. No way. Yep. Yep. This, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I will try and find it. I'll try and find that thing. Three people died. Because I was thinking we could throw you off, overboard. Off <laughs> yeah. We could throw you overboard, maybe in a cage, maybe not. Throw a load of chum overboard. Um, and I know that sharks are big fans of prawns. They can prawns. just, they the can gambas. just, <laughs> gambas, exactly. Particularly your prawn. And they can just come from the bottom of the ocean. I think that would either be a very good laugh, mm. but now you mention it may be better off without a cage. That, that's got to be one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. 100%. Just, I didn't even, yeah. Full capsize from that boat. That must've been panic systems. Obviously. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Captain said that the boat just anchored around 10 a.m. was hit by a freak wave. Um, blah, 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 blah. Capsized the boat. Yeah, three people dead. One, one Norwegian, two Americans. But no sharks in the area. Don't know. Don't know. Wild. Goodness me. It's dangerous, this stuff, isn't it? Don't Basically, the moral of the story, don't fuck about with sharks. <laughs> Don't do that it. old that old um proverb that I believe it goes uh, thou shall not fuck with sharks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very Big simple to understand. Dinosaurs, they're dinosaurs. Leave them alone. Exactly. You don't understand them. You think you do, you don't. You, you don't, don't understand them. You've never spoken to one because they <laughs> can't speak. They're sharks. Leave them alone. That this makes me think of something slightly closer to home is there were leaping dolphins spotted off the coast of York over the weekend. York? How mental is that? They must have been lost. If you put a million pound on this desk right now and put a map in front of me and said, point to York, I wouldn't have a million pounds after. <laughs> That's madness. Where the fuck is York? East uh, coast. Northeast. East the, coast, baby. The, the dolphins are in the North Sea, which can't be normal. Um, no, they're usually down near Cornwall, aren't they? <laughs> At best. On this note, again, I've got another story. <laughs> I saw in the Warwickshire Times yesterday. You read um, some fucked up things. Hey, it's Facebook. I go on Facebook Marketplace and I just get shoveled this garbage. The Warwickshire Times. It's like, <laughs> like a dog was stolen in fucking Bradford. Watch out for this van. Um, that's just all Facebook is. Um, a A big cat was seen. How big? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let me clarify. Not as in just like a very large domestic cat. We're talking like panther. We're talking big cat territory. Did you know there's these for decades? There's been rumors of panthers, of the beast of Bodmin, (laughs) of these these big cats that you know were brought here as pets and escaped and blah blah blah. But you know, no one's ever really caught eyes with one. There was a very, very grainy photo, which I think <laughs> proves proves a lot. Um, there are big cats out there, and we should all be aware of that. 
Yeah, that's good to know. Mm. Definitely. Uh, that was that in Warwick, sorry. Uh, no, Cornwall. No, Warwick. I believe Warwickshire Times. Warwick, okay. Uh, so if you, if you are in Warwick, do keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, like be careful out there. Let me. There's some big boys out there. There are some big boys and they've got big paws and they will eat you. Is that the moral? So don't yeah, fuck about with careful. sharks. Don't yeah, fuck about with cats. sharks or big cats and you probably will be all right. Just don't drink and drive either. Mate, there's been so many sightings in Warwickshire. This is just groundbreaking stuff. This is live talking. research coming to the pod right now. 1997, 98, 99. 1997. <laughs> Dog walker sees cat. It's like 25 years ago. It's not a current sighting, this one. <laughs> so that is a long living cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's been recycled, that has. But because uh, yeah, okay. Warwickshire Times are clearly struggling for content. Yeah. So uh, throw it back out there. Fair enough. Don't blame them. Mm hmm. Right, we'll uh, we'll move on to the section of the pod where we look back and we go through the camera roll and we blindly land on an adventure and see if there's a story in there. And we share that story. And it was my turn this week. And it takes us to the continent of Africa. Ooh. Yeah, that was that for an intro. Yeah. <laughs> Was that was that an African accent? Just to <laughs> it was supposed to just be dramatic, but now you mention Af- it, Africa. <laughs> yeah, very li- but, very Lion King. Yeah, exactly. So apologies for that one. Uh, <laughs> now now you mention it, it was a strange accent, but it was a hell of a journey, a hell of an mm. adventure. So for those that don't know, bit of context in can't remember the year 2018 i want to say ages ago yeah trust us this did happen um ages ago we learned how to ride motorbikes in four days the day after we rode from london down to the sahara desert um all through the beauties of spain the zaragoza region everything's fantastic delicious (laughs) then we got a ferry across the med from Almeria, I believe, in Spain, yes. down yep. to a not not the classic crossing at Gibraltar. Oh no, we went the uh, the more rogue way uh, from Almeria to a place called Melilla, not Manila, uh, Melilla, and ju- the the memory and the thing that I want to talk about today is that day started with a very early ferry crossing and finished some eighteen hours later in a town in Morocco called Medelt. That day for me was just just wild, just totally wild. What's the first thing that comes to your head when you think of that day? I was trying to like piece it together. Um, I think the, the biggest memory I have of that was the fact that we seemed to be the only people uh, who weren't carrying enormous boxes of stuff yeah very true like uh, which way they're going they it was basically loads of moroccans yeah bringing stuff to spain and then going back and bringing we were the the only white people on that entire ferry yeah and it literally seemed it was almost like it felt like an almost like a trade route where they'd go back to morocco and they'd go and pick up whatever the fuck they were picking up i can't even remember and then they bring it back, and they, but it was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they clearly do it every single day. Yeah, and I remember like arriving into Morocco, 
And it was just chaos, wasn't it? Because this entire ferry, probably you know, a good thousand people on this ferry, uh, most of the people on foot, not very many cars, to be honest, definitely no motorbikes. Uh, and we got off the other side and we all like funneled into this tiny little border crossing. And it was carnage. It Absolute was yeah. carnage, wasn't it? Like people just screaming and shouting and like we just we just didn't know what the what the hell was going on really. It was, it was, it was oh mad. my god. We, we you know, to say we stood out would put it lightly. It was a yeah, it was it was it was madness. So yeah, we ride off the bike. Firstly, as you mentioned, yeah, the two only white people on the boat. We were on brand new motorbikes. And we were filtering through like the um, border crossing queue. And it was, you know, people say, you know, so there's some wild border crossings out there. It was like pretty hairy at times just because we didn't really know what was, you know, what the score was. We had our passports ready. We'd filled out the customs form or whatever it was, the, the form to get into the country. Um, and we were just sat there for a long time and obviously on two bikes uh, it's not like this thing was fenced off. The area wasn't separate from everywhere else. It was like we'd driven into the, like it was like the border crossing was in the middle of a market. And as soon as yes. we parked up, we just got a wave of people come over to us, touching the bikes, pushing the bikes, like shouting at us in a multitude of languages, but ultimately trying to get us to either buy stuff from them or give them money to help so that they could help us over the border, basically. And, you know, we politely decline, think this is the right thing to do. We'll just, you know, we stay here. We'll get through eventually. We're all, you know, we've got obviously all the right documents, all legit. Um, about an hour later, we just thought, let's just give this lad 10 euros. He, he's, you know, he's been persistent, fair play to him. Gave him the 10 euros each. Five minutes later, we're through the border. Yeah. It was like... He just got us through, didn't he? It was just how it worked, wasn't it? We were not, we were not get, making any progress. Five minutes later, we're through the border. It's it's so funny because I I feel you often feel you know you feel quite uncomfortable because yeah. we're on these brand new Triumph motorbikes, you know, they're twelve grand motorbikes. You know, we've got all this kit on. The helmet costs five hundred quid. Blah blah blah. And these people, you know, they they have nothing, like nothing, and it's chaos. And they're just trying to basically make ends meet. That is what they're doing every day. And you're like fucking hell. Like, I feel like a bit of a a bit of a knobhead standing here. Yeah. And because like there's just so much going on, like you're just first reaction, you just like no to everything. No, like no, leave us alone. Like it feels like the safest thing to do as well, doesn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. No, 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 no. And um yeah, this this young guy was just like, No, I'll get you through. We're like, nah, mate, like fuck off. You're you're fleecing us. You're clearly fleecing us. No, 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 I'm not. I help you. I know the policeman. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, nice one. And he did. He went just literally <laughs> went up to the copper and was like, right, those two guys there, blah, blah, blah. They're fucking morons, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, just got us straight through. But they barely so even looked at our passports, did they? Yeah. Just us like, straight through. It's so, it, you just feel like, it just felt like an idiot afterwards. It's I know. It's just like, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but your just natural reaction in that situation is like, I trust no one. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. Just because it's just chaos and we're just so out of our ordinary in that kind of situation you know we're yeah. british for god's sake like we love a queue whereas <laughs> you know in countries like that that is just an ordinary queue they're just it's just chaos but yeah. people, that's how they operate and they just get on with it exactly whereas, i think we got to the point where we were like yeah there is a little bit of urgency here because we've still got 400 kilometers to ride today and 
we're it's like lunchtime and we're still stuck at this border crossing. So it was a game changer. I know exactly what you mean. And as soon as we got through, yeah, you just felt ridiculous. And we had to go and sort some insurance, which felt like a a bit of a backhand payment to some random bloke who that gave was us this, that was weird. Gave us a knockoff piece of paper. Um, and then we we're on our way, and yeah, four hundred kilometers. And I mean, the roads were amazing, weren't they? It was oh, unbelievable. Like fresh, untouched tarmac. We were just caning through. Um, it would have been the day from heaven, but you um you forgot your gloves and got a little bit chilly, didn't you? Fucking Morocco's meant to be hot, isn't it? Yeah, it is to be fair. Do you think I I I don't like riding motorbike with gloves because I'm a purist. Um, <laughs> I like to be able to feel the bike, you know, to really let it purr in my hand, and then just you know make the necessary adjustments when I need to. Um, you were <laughs> you were wearing nine pairs of gloves, yeah. And, and Triumph didn't tell us; we only found this out halfway in that that your bike had heated <laughs> handlebars. So not only so the, the sun went down, amazing sunset, then it got pretty cold, but we had hours and hours and hours of driving through the dark, and it was. Fucking, <laughs> like I couldn't feel my hands to the point where it's like, oh my god, like I can't use them to brake or anything or change gear. And I'm on the radio. I'm like, mate, I'm gonna have to stop it. I just need ten minutes to warm my hands up. You're like, yeah, mate, it's all right, it's all right. We haven't got far. You've got a pair of ski ski gloves on and your heated hand. If anything, your hands are too hot. And heated seat I had as well. And heated seat. I'm yeah. literally. It was shivering behind you it was an exact replica of dumb and dumber you know and they're in there <laughs> yeah like you had gloves the whole time yeah we're in the rockies <laughs> it was that equivalent oh yeah i mean i probably had a spare pair you could have worn but by that you point we're about 10 miles away me or could have given me your gloves um and just just let your hands sweat on the handlebars sweat on your your nice warm handlebars but yeah, yeah those enough. those roads in morocco were just unbelievable like just a perfectly perfectly tarmac black asphalt road oh yeah and then just desert either sides like the mountains on the right like sunset on the left go through a tiny village with goats and donkeys and just insane yeah it was beautiful wasn't it it was absolutely beautiful it makes me want to go on the motorbike again to be fair and get a get going um conscious of the time here guys and um I think we're about to hit our limit. So maybe one day we'll upgrade. Uh, <laughs> until Never! that point, have a good week, guys. Take it easy.